Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Social Psychic Radio Show featuring Jason Zuck. Jason has been an intuitive psychic medium since 2004. This show will cover a variety of topics relating to spirituality, mediumship, self-improvement, and intuitive guidance. Whatever interests you, remember that we are all here to share and learn. Sit back and get ready to socialize with the social psychic. Hello and welcome to the Social Psychic Radio Show. It's with great pleasure that we have the first episode for 2020. I'm excited to have special guest Debbie A. Anderson on the show. Debbie is a natural healer who has worked in the magical sphere of spirituality all her life. As a clairvoyant medium, she's been doing intuitive spiritual readings for more than 35 years around the world. She's well known for her vibrational energy oracle card decks, which we're going to talk about today. And what I'm really excited about is each of these decks that she's been doing for several years provide an ability for one to really have a, I guess you could say a tool for clarity and something that can give an understanding when perhaps a lot of times in our society, we feel like we're without a direction and frustrated. So these kind of cards really help a lot with giving some guidance and helping with um, shedding light on issues in our lives that we might be very concerned about. Her beautifully designed and acclaimed Oracle decks began appearing in 2013. Debbie's vibrational energy now for adults and vibrational earth energy for inner child and children are globally distributed as well as her two new affirmation decks, I Am Vibrational and I Am Scared. Today, Debbie is one of the leading authorities on how to best use these oracle cards for living in an alignment with your heart, your soul, the universe, and the purpose you deeply desire to experience. She holds workshops for oracle card reading around the world. She's also developed vibrational energy therapy, which she utilizes to teach others and is available as a course online. It's with great pleasure that I welcome Debbie to the show. Welcome to the show, Debbie. Thank you, Jason. Thank you for agreeing to come on today. I'm really excited uh-huh. about having us discuss this topic because I have really had an interest in Oracle Cards for a while. And I right. believe that you can shed some light for our audience in case they've never used an Oracle Card before. Yeah, uh, cool. I should say. And uh, <laughs> I, I, I just want to thank you for sharing your, your gifts and talents today with us. <laughs> but, um, oh, thank you for yeah. having me on the show, Jason. So just to let people know, because a lot of people have heard of tarot decks, and sadly Hollywood has done that whole thing of, you know, the bad voodoo with uh, uh, tarot cards because they usually show the hanged man or something like that. So a lot of people get scared off. Uh, by them. And tarot in its essence is about secrets, about sharing, whereas an oracle deck is basically a response or message given. So it's like when you ask a question, you get the answer or direction. Uh, so it can be a little bit different to uh, tarot as far as you haven't got to do a lot of the learning and uh, knowing what each of the cards mean. And an oracle deck can be basically anything from, I think, about 32, 34 cards up to 
and my deck is 52 cards, which I was starting to wonder whether it was going to become like a, a version of war and peace kind of thing. So the one part about it is neither is better than the other, an oracle deck or a tarot deck. They are both different, and it really is what works for the person. See, I love oracle cards because they tend to be easier to learn. They're more free-flowing and open to many levels of interpretation, i.e. in tarot there are very strict rules of engagement. You know, this means that, upside down, inverted, or whatever. So with the um, oracle deck, like mine or any of the many thousands of them out there, you don't have to be... Um, you don't have to spend a lot of time on it. And I suppose a lot of people these days, it's like, well, I don't have to go through all this process of learning. I just want to shuffle a deck, pull out a card, and then be able to read the interpretation or get that. And that's basically what uh, an oracle deck is different. And of course, oracle decks like tarot decks can have spreads and layouts that you can use. And mine, mine certainly does. It's called the five-dimensional uh, um, vibrations of the soul. So that that alone is a very, very big, more complicated um, layout that if somebody at that point in the, um, using the deck says, okay, now I want to move on from just pulling a card or just pulling a couple of cards to get an uh, interpretation or direction uh, on a particular life's problem. You know what I, I like what you're describing right now is being able to explain to the audience the difference between tarot cards and oracle cards because that's something that I didn't even think of the differentiation between the two. Um, I know they're great sources of information, especially for someone who's a novice and wants yeah. to, you know, explore this stuff. I also like the artwork involved in these. And I know it's yes, yeah. so pivotal, right, to see the image of it. Because a lot of us are, are, are visual learners. We're visual people. We need to see something. And Absolutely. when I give readings, when, when I give readings as, a, as an intuitive psychic medium, I read energy, so no one sees images. <laughs> the the, the right. benefit of using an oracle card is that you get these vivid images to help you kind of see the story being brought out to you as you put this card down and, 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 exactly. and have it provide an answer. Yeah. And oh. the thing is, my deck, like many of the other decks out there, has a, an, a book, a guidebook, if you like, that gives you the definition in there. But what I try and get people to do intuitively is just to look at that card in relation to the question that they've asked surrounding a problem or an issue or what they need a direction on at that point in their lives and see how that fits. So, for instance, today when I was um, shuffling the deck, uh, my deck, the Vibrational Energy Oracle deck, I pulled out a card based on my uh, what is my intention today? What's going to be coming up or what do I need to uh, embrace? And actually the card that shot out or flew out, as I always call it, would smell the roses. <laughs> so that to me, just as a definition of saying smell the roses, the interpretation would be just kick back, see what happens and then just let everything flow into that uh, basis. And of course, there's a beautiful picture on here of a, a, a lovely pink rose which to me, even though in the chakras, heart-centered is pink, to me, uh, sorry, heart-centered is green, whereas to me, when I think of heart-centered and everything to do with Valentine's and love and love of myself, I always think of pink. So it's a, a very uh, open card, and the rose is opening here, so it means that I'm open to things. So 
you know, that's how easy uh, using an Oracle deck can be uh, compared with a um, tarot deck. And I love tarot because that's what I cut my teeth on. You know, uh, when I was learning to read a deck, I'm 62 years of age, so when I was learning to read a deck back in my teenage years, there was not the beautiful choices that we have available today on the market. So uh, the only deck available to me at that time was the, the Rider Weight deck, which I love to this day. And I suppose it's what I would say my go-to tarot deck because I love the imagery on it. And that was what I was drawn to. And again, as I say, there wasn't lots of choices in those days. <laughs> so, I can imagine, like yeah. I remember, of it. Yeah. you know, um, my mom, uh, I was raised in a single-parent family. And I, I see you went through a divorce yourself in your, in your childhood, and I know what that feels like. My mom actually had tarot yeah. cards that she used to just enjoy using as a little child. So I remember seeing tarot cards. I just never did anything with oh. them myself. And um, wow. But more importantly, I'll, I'll say this about doing these. I think it's really good for a, a lot of people come up to me and ask me through either the show or just in personal contact, how can I develop my intuition better? What can I do? What steps can I do to become more intuitive? Yeah. And one of the things I recommend to them, go get some Oracle cards. Go get some tarot yeah. cards. Figure yeah. out. Yeah. And, maybe, and, maybe, and maybe the Oracle cards can resonate. It depends on the person, of course, and vibrationally how they feel. But I will recommend Absolutely. to people to utilize that and see how that goes for them. And I really do think intuition grows as you practice it more and as you develop it. So I'm, I think Oracle cards are a great learning tool. In many ways. Uh, and as you said, Jason, they're a very visual, tactile kind of tool. And of course, there are so many divination tools out there, which each one resonates to a different person. Or, you know, I've got lots of what I call um, tools in my toolbox at home. And I might pull a pendulum out for this, or oracle cards for that, or tarot for that, or crystals for that. So we have all those tools there. But for anybody beginning, and as you say, grab a tarot deck or an oracle deck and just play with them. And just to interact there, because I have people say, I have angel cards. And angel cards are just a type of oracle deck or a type exactly. of tarot deck. And I think that's where some people also get confused because they think, I've been told I need angel cards. And then they're, they're confused because they're like, what are angel cards? <laughs> so they're just <laughs> like saying... <laughs> so you can get angel cards which are an oracle deck. You can get angel cards which are an affirmation deck. And you can get angel cards as a tarot deck. So they're just a type of deck. Like mine, I always call mine vibrational energy because there's a lot of vibrational energy goes into them from my perspective of writing. And then when I connect to the artist that creates the imagery, there's a lot of sacred geometry and um, connection that goes into them from their side too. So, um, you know, I love that there are so many different styles out there. You know, absolutely amazing. I 100% agree with you. And I think that if you find the deck that best resonates with you, that's the best way to look at these decks, right? Find out yeah. what best yeah. connects you to the higher self that we try to, to seek for guidance and wisdom. Um, and any of you out there that are listening into this, if you've been told this old wide tale, I, I believe it's an old wide tale because people say to me, well, I have to wait. Somebody's supposed to buy me my first deck. <laughs> and I sort of look at them and I'm going, really? 
So anyone who heard that, please let it go, release it, because here are the reasons behind it. First of all, if you're waiting for somebody to buy you an oracle deck or a tarot deck or something like that, and the people around you have their own interpretation, I would never let anybody go out and buy a parachute for me, (laughs) because I know everybody has different tastes. I know what fits me, what suits my lifestyle. So go out and choose your own deck and buy it for you. And if you truly believe that somebody has to buy it for you, give the person at the, at the store the money and say, please buy this for me. <laughs> and then at least you can fulfill that prophecy. But please don't be waiting on somebody to choose what they think is the right deck for you. Because you may be disappointed and then that may put you off of using an oracle deck or a tarot deck for the future. So go out, buy your own. And I always say to people, when you go into a store, whether it's a virtual store or whether it's a store that you walk into a bricks and mortar, there are so many choices that you can look through. And all of my decks, I have to say, on my uh, website, I have a little video under each of the decks of cards. You can see every one of the 52 images that are on each of the cards. So that way you don't have to go, well, I like the six that we're showing on the back of the box, but then I open the box and it's not what I wanted. So now again, with all this lovely uh, ability to share these things, I do on mine, I just turn each card over so you can get a, a resonance of whether you like the deck or you don't like the deck. And if you don't, that's fine. Go on and find the one that works for you. Also, I'm going to do a little bit of a a push here because if you are looking for a deck and you don't want to commit outright, like, what if I don't like this deck? Both my Vibrational Energy Oracle deck and the Vibrational Earth Children deck, which was created for children and for those working on inner child, there is a free, limited, downloadable mobile app. So you can load it on your phone and play with 11 cards from the 52 cards without any financial commitment. Now, that's a really good gift. So Absolutely. you're helping me if you do that. Even if you don't buy the, uh, the full downloadable version, you're helping me. So please just share and download and play with them. And it allows you to do a bit of journaling in there and some spreads and things like that and ask so you're setting your intention on asking your questions. So that's some free. And you can find those by going to my website, vibrational-energy.com, scrolling down on the landing page and you'll see mobile apps and click on that and it'll take you through the process whether you have an Android or an iPhone. So that's my free for you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll have to check that app out. That's something I want to look at. I'll check that yeah, out after it's, our show. It's very much so that you can – it's only 11 cards. So, you know, some people say, well, can't you give more cards? Well, the idea of the 11 cards is so you can see whether or not it resonates with you. And a lot of people exactly. go on to buy the, the physical deck or they download the app and that's good too. Or they don't. And that's good also. It gives them an insight. So that way you haven't got to commit – Choose something without knowing a little bit more about it. I want to ask you this. Uh, I definitely encourage our audience to check out your app. I think just anything you can do to open your paradigm to this stuff and really be able to receive it, I think is yeah. beneficial for all parties involved. I, uh, I do want to ask you this. When I think of oracles, I think of oracles of Delphi. 
<laughs> I'm thinking ancient Sorry, Greece. Sorry, you think? This type of, oh, yeah. Right. It's, it's yeah. Ancient Greece, like uh, Oracles of Delphi and ancient times, and yeah. people utilized this concept for thousands of years. And I wanted to get your opinion right. on that, like in terms of, well, of what your, your personal views about how it's been utilized throughout you know, history in thousands of years and how we as a people rely on these kind of things for comfort and guidance when, that, when we can. Well, I, I love it. And I know our origins for anything in our world lie deep in history. And as you said, in ancient Greece, if you wanted direction or whether the person you were going to marry was the right uh, person for you or if you were going to have a baby or those kind of things or life was going to be good to you, you would go and see somebody. And of course, you would call, they were called an oracle in those days. And these days, it would be called a psychic or a seer or a clairvoyant or a medium or a tarot card reader or something like that. So that was somebody else helping you to get the answer. And I do believe that oracles were seers, uh, just as many psychics, clairvoyants, mediums are seers as well. And they would be using the, the deck or whatever it was. And sometimes um, I've seen uh, from uh, very beautiful paintings that uh, oracles would draw just in the sand. They would sit there on, um, with their, uh, the person and they would be, just have a stick and they would be making marks and so forth in the sand. So that would be almost like a um, trance-like uh, way of describing something, just as people do today, that you may have the cards in front of you, but you're getting that sense or that intuition of it means something more. So yes, I truly believe that we cannot dismiss the past because that is where we are today in our present. And that's our history, it's our if you like, there, you know, just as gypsies would uh, read palms or, um, you know, travelers would, uh, you know, give, get you to draw, um, pull out uh, pieces of colored paper and things like that. And, you know, ribbon reading actually goes back to pagan times. And that's how uh, people would travel from place to place, uh, giving readings to people. So it's there in our history. We cannot ignore it. So, yes. I do believe very much in oracles. I do believe in all of the intuitive uh, abilities that people have. And for anybody listening in, everybody is born psychic. And for anybody who's going shock horror, oh, no, that, that can't be so. We all have that intuitive part within us. And it's whether we choose to tap into that on a daily basis, in a crisis, or whatever, but we have it there. And I say to people, if you, you know, I call it our guardian angel, that watcher, if you like, the, uh, that energy being that's looking after us, guiding us, that whisper we get in our ear or that indication of, I need to phone a friend or, oh my gosh, I don't think I want to grab this plane today or those kind of things. And people cannot explain it away. They cannot say, okay, uh, you know, it was, this or that. Some people say, well, I thought it was my grandfather in spirit or I just got the sense not to do something. Well, that's where we're typing into, tapping into our psychic abilities and we all have it. So if you're not using it, get, get, in, get on the program <laughs> because it's, uh, it's there to help you. 
I tell people all the time that if you're not going to use it, you'll likely just waste it or lose it. And it's not, I mean, not lose it, but you'll yeah. lose the opportunity of benefiting from it and your yeah. own intuition. And I also think the more you try to use it, you open yourself up to it, the more valuable it becomes as a resource for yourself, your own intuition, Absolutely. helping you and course, become more aligned with yourself, you know? Of course. And we can do it through so, so many processes. You know, I always say to people, you know, if you want answers to questions, uh, and people go, oh, don't tell me I've got to meditate. <laughs> and I go, okay. <laughs> so here's how you can do it. There are so many ways. Meditation, some people feel like it's some kind of punishment, and it's not. <laughs> and for those of us that love meditation, that's great. But I know there are many people out there that just do that, oh, please don't make me do this, because I, I don't get it. I'm, you know, my mind's like a, a, a bowl of uh, water that's swirling around, and I don't get the benefit out of it. So here's some really easy things. Meditation isn't an arduous journey. Go out and walk in nature. Lay on the grass. Look at the clouds. See what images come to mind, or just lay there and look. Place your feet into a river, in, in a, a, a pond, the ocean, and just Allow that vibration to connect with you. I always say, and people go, yeah, well, it's all very well in the summer, but what about in the winter? So, put all your woolly stuff on or go and drive somewhere (laughs) and just see or switch on a video. There are so many, you don't have to make it any more than a couple of minutes, but do, if you are going out into nature or that switch off your phone, don't have that pinging, pinging distraction. Or the other way that I get people... Exactly. Turn it off. I take mine. I use it as a camera. And the rest of the time, that's, <laughs> it's off. If I'm in my me time, that's it. You don't get hold of me. Because people are like, well, I can't get hold of you. Honey, so leave a message. You know, unless it's life or death, it doesn't really matter. I, I have to, it's a, you know. Yeah. I'm sorry, Archie. So I'll other, wait till you're done. Yeah, yeah. The other way I suggest to people if they want to connect and they want some answers to questions is just before going to bed at night, or if you're a day, you know, you're a shift worker, before you go to sleep, just take a moment to breathe in and out, clearing your mind just a little bit to, to focus on what you want the answer to. Maybe it's direction on something. Maybe it's how do I deal with this situation? Maybe it's am I going to get this job that I'm going after? Or is this the right guy for me or the girl for me? And then just before, just think about that. And then allow yourself to drift off to sleep and see what dreams bring. And I always say, first thing in the morning or when you wake up, write it down because it dissipates. That's why I always keep a pad by the bed and quickly journal stuff down before I go off and uh, become distracted in my day-to-day thing. And I'm going to say there's no easy button on this. Okay? So if you don't get success on the first um, try of this, try again. Because you've just got to get into that way of learning. Just as we learned to drive a car, we didn't get in the car the first day and go, okay, (laughs) I'm good. Thank you very much. Put me behind the steering wheel and hit the pedal. We had to go through the process. We had to learn all these different nuances. We had to become confident with it, align with the vehicle that we were driving, align with what was going on around us. That's exactly the same this. So don't give up on it if it doesn't happen the first time. Patience. Uh, I want to share. Your answer just now for those questions we just asked, synchronicity is one of the things I always tell people is like so resonating in my life in the last year yeah. or two. You literally, Absolutely. the themes you just touched on, 
connecting with nature, meditation, mindfulness, utilizing a dream journal. I call those modalities for aligning yourself. And nature for me has been such a massive part of grounding myself in the last couple of years with the adversity I worked through. So when you talk about Mm -hmm. that in the, in, 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 in light of setting up to do the Oracle card thing is it's, it's, it's the mental preparation or the spiritual preparation that you need to utilize in order to make these cards be the most maximum tool for you as possible. Does that sound about right to you? I just want to reflect on that for a minute. And step away from negative Nellies or negative Normans, as I call them. <laughs> step away from those. And people say, but I can't. It's my family or it's this. Or, but you can shut them down. You don't have to be in that <laughs> all the time. Like, you know. Exactly. I, I, this year, 2020 is all about balance. Bringing mm-hmm. in the male, the female influence, the positive and the negative, because there's not one that's better or one that's less better. They both need to be in harmony with each other. And if we're in a constant uh, battle with ourselves, we're not going to achieve anything. So step into your I am. Step into what you want for you. And it's not being selfish. It's being selfless. That's a great point. Self. Okay, so it's looking after the self, being there, being present in every moment. You were saying about synchronicities. And I love sharing synchronicities with people because uh, people share them with me. And it's, you know, I had a young lady that's just purchased my deck online from, from me. And she said, but I want to share how I found your deck. And I said, Thank you. I love it. In fact, I posted it on my website because it was such a beautiful story. She said, well, first of all, I sat and I said to Spirit, I want a deck that resonates with my vibration. And there are lots of decks out there, but I'm not finding any that, you know, just um, work for me. And she said after that, you know, she asked these questions. And she said she has this little thing going on with spirit that's sort of like, mm-hmm. what do you want? Mm-hmm. Why are you not getting it? And she, you know, she, she was sharing this. And she, said, and she said, then I switched on my phone and up came an image of one of my cards. And it was called Breathe Deeply. It was like a Buddha image. And she said, I saw it but there was nothing connected with it. It wasn't connected to a website. It wasn't connected with anybody. So this is a synchronicity of spirit sending her the message. But she had to do some research. She said, I then tried to research the image. And she said, I spent a bit of time on it. And then I came across your children's deck that led me to the vibrational energy deck. So she said, so that for her was also part of the process she had to do to get there. So we make it part of the answer or part of the puzzle, as I call it. And then she had to piece it together. And she said, and of course, then she reached out to me because she was having, um, she didn't know how to uh, order it. Uh, She hadn't gone to that page on my website. And so we made this connection. So all of these pieces were part of the puzzle that were all meant to be together. It wasn't a difficulty. It wasn't, um, uh, why isn't this happening for me? I think sometimes we expect when spirit gives us an answer, it's going to be easy street, which it is, but we have to take those pieces of that puzzle and put together our own jigsaw and then have fun with it. For instance, I was out yesterday. I'm actually 
in Mataland at the moment, uh, sabbatical writing and a vacation. And so it was going to be, they have once a month an art walk, which is really interesting. They give you a map, but it's not very well detailed. And it started off, there were just three of us going. And then a fourth person arrived. And then we're on a very crammed bus. So here's a bus full of people that we're all trotting on. And we just happened to, one of the people that was coming with us, that joined us also, sat next to this lady. And she ended up joining us. So there were six of us. None of us, we had, uh, my husband and I had the intention we wanted to go to the art walk. We invited one friend who then told another friend. So it became six of us. So we got lost. Because the map wasn't very detailed. But upon that journey or that quest, if you like, we found other things. We got to speak to other people. We got to connect. We bought some wonderful ice cream and things like that. So that's the same thing. Sometimes the journey is not exactly as we have it scheduled or pinpointed or set out. But it's all the other things. What is it? Nice the journey, not the destination. And certainly yesterday was definitely one of those because he came across some uh, murals on the wall, which we stopped and photographed and had ourselves photographed into it and things like that. So all of those things that we would have missed if we'd have kept to that map and assumed where we were going should have been where it was. And for all those other people that ended up coming along with us, they just happened to be sitting on that seat in the bus, in a crown bus. What's the, what's the chances of that one person being sat exactly next to the other person that was with us? You know, that's very good to a lot of trouble to do this. And we have to, uh, I always say, decipher it and embrace it, have fun with it. You know, we could have gone, we, we, we covered miles, I'm telling you. Uh, I, I felt very good eating my ice cream because I felt I really burnt off all those calories before we got to that point. But we could have got really <laughs> frustrated with it and upset with it. And, but I got some beautiful photographs of places that I would not have necessarily found. And so that's part of it. That's all part of this um, beautiful plan that Spirit had for us without detailing out everything for us. So if you go to that workshop and you go, well, this is the workshop that I thought Spirit was taking me on to, and then you get there and it's not what you planned it to be or you thought it was going to be, stop, step back, and see what reason you're there. Maybe it was to meet somebody, to hear something, to see something, to get a connection for something else. Sometimes spirit puts us. And I think that's where yeah. we have to, you know, the spirit don't have it. Hey, go to, you know, here's the, here's the schedule. There are many uh, what I call details along the road, and they're all part of the plan. And sometimes we don't see the plan because we just have those what I call blinkers on. I've got to get there. I've got to get there. And, you know, I find that when we're traveling, my husband and I, when, when, when we're on tour, we have to get to where we're going to in a set time. And then I'm seeing all these wonderful places that I want to just go off and explore, but we haven't got the time. So make the time. You know, when we went on tour this time, we added some extra days in it so we could go and explore some of the extra places, which we did. So that's the journey. The good, the bad, and the Sometimes, quite yeah. interesting. <laughs> Sometimes. Sometimes our journey that we expect can put us on a detour. And sometimes, like you just said, that detour can lead you to very intriguing, interesting people that you might have a strong connection with, or there's some Absolutely. purpose for everything that happens. Even the things we don't think have yes. purpose, they do. 
And uh, absolutely, I, even I, I want, the bad things, even the bad things, even the bad have things. a purpose. So don't absolutely. ever look at it and go, "Well, this is what spirit gave me. This is not vital. This is, you know, okay." So take the breath, let the poop hit the fan, and say your S words or whatever you need to get out of you at that point. Let your expletive out. Not at anybody, but just into the into the ether. Get them out. Yeah. I've actually got on my deck. There's actually a card called the F word. Really? And it, <laughs> yes. And that was when I thought spirit were having this cosmic joke with me. But yeah, there's one there called the F word. But it's changing That's... that vibration from the frustration to maybe it's creating freedom for us or new fascination. I was going to say forward thinking. Forward thinking. <laughs> Moving exactly. forward. Forward thinking. So exactly. You can put your F word every, in there. <laughs> yeah. For every positive, there's a negative, And for every negative, there's a positive. Exactly. So I love we that. Have to, and, you know, and, and the thing is, I always say, hey, I'm human. Uh, prick me, I bleed. And yeah, not everything goes to plan. And yeah, I can get very frustrated with it. But there's a bigger plan. So once I get that crap out of me and let it go, I always say that it would be nice if we could have like a two-year-old does, that two-year-old tantrum. Get it out of their system. <laughs> they throw themselves and flail around on the ground. And then all of a sudden, after they just get up and they're in this perfect posture, this perfect vibration. So I always say, go and have your two-year-old tantrum and then come back out of it and then get on with it. Because that's your choice, when really. You, yeah. When when you think of that, I think of someone being in a padded room with these padded sticks that they hit things with, yes. and they're just trying to let it all out with the frustration and get it out. <laughs> well, the years ago, I think back back in the nineteen seventies, I think it was in um, Japan when they were building all these uh, vehicles and things, they would have these padded, soundproof rooms that they're workers could go into rather than taking their frustration out on somebody else, whether it's to do with what they were doing at work or whether it's to do with family, they could go into this padded room, soundproof room, and just <laughs> let rip and then come back out again. <laughs> and when we think about that, you know, I love the uh, the the painting, the scream. It's almost like everything sucked out with that scream. And I'd like to see the one after that where there's that peace and tranquility on the face of the, the body there. Because it is, it feels like everything is just being sucked out of us, like a, a vortex being pulled from within us. And then afterwards, then comes like an eye of a storm. You know, you know or you a raise tornado. An interesting point. Here's what I want to say to you. <laughs> With our interview today, you're raising an interesting point to me, which is a lot of people don't talk about the need to let things out before they go to an Oracle deck or like to yeah. get in tune with themselves. A lot of people think that if they use this Oracle deck, they should find the divine answer right then and there. But I think it's more of a process. Yeah. It's opening yourself Absolutely. up, welcoming, yeah. welcoming the opportunity to, to let out the negative, bring in the positive, and then get guidance yeah. from the cards when you're ready to use them and, and that yeah. kind of thing. I do... I do want to ask you something. Yes. Tell me about the, the three steps you recommend of connecting to the Oracle All right, cards yeah. For Perfect. Well, I always think it's as easy as one, two, three, because it really is. First of all, when you get your deck, 
whether it's brand new or, or whether it's one that you've had there and you just haven't used, always take a moment to shuffle it. You're connecting to the question. What do you want an answer to? Is it direction? Is it answers to something? Take three cleansing breaths. I'm a great believer in taking the breath. We have to breathe, and some of us don't breathe well. We, when something goes wrong, we suck it in and hold it. Hey, done it. But we have to let it go. So just connect to the breath. Listen to your breathing as you come in, and then release it. And breathe in again, and then release, and then breathe in. Then release. What that does is calms us. It creates a focus. We're thinking about what we need to ask. And then we step into that intention. Because every time we use a deck, there's going to be a different intention attached to it. And that's okay. So we're looking for possible insights, direction, for um, help, if you like. So we're shuffling. If we've got our deck, we're thinking about it. We're shuffling away. So we're connecting to the deck. And there are, no set, there are no set rules of engagement when shuffling a deck and how to get your card. And people say to me, do I have to tap it? If that's what you feel you should do, tap it. Should I put them into three piles? If that's what you want to do. You see where I'm going here. There are no set rules of engagement. Whichever way you want to do it. You can you know, like, shuffle yeah. away. You can spread them out on the table. If, you know, some people say to me, well, I'm not a really good shuffler. Well, that's okay. Find a flat surface somewhere and scoop all the cards around. <laughs> then feel that whatever you're being drawn to. And I always say to people, if you're shuffling a card and a card shoots out or drops down onto the floor or onto the table and people go, oh, I'm not a very good shuffler, I always say, actually, you're a really good shuffler because you've just given me the cards that we need to work with. And they look at me almost like, Oh, I did something right. Because I think people set themselves up to, if I don't do it in the perception that I've seen it done or I think it should be, then they feel that they're failing. And I would say, if the cards drop out or one flies out, that's a card. That's a card to connect with. And I would say it differently each way. Absolutely. You know, I always say when that card shoots out, it's like saying, hey, it's me, it's me. This is the one. Come on, Tom. You don't need to shuffle anymore. And that's perfect. <laughs> you know, the, the bottom line on this is don't overthink how you have to do it because otherwise you're being distracted. You're pulling away from your intention. So if whatever way you do it, if you've seen somebody do it this way or you've been told that's the only way to do it, then do it. But next time, try a different way. Then the third part of it is connect to the card that you've drawn. Or if you don't have a card that's drawn, just be prepared, should I take it off the top? Should I take it off the bottom? Should I cut into the middle? Again, whatever you feel resonates with you, whatever you feel you're drawn to. Because I have people say, well, you, you sort of said, choose a card that you like. And I felt that I needed to do that. And so it's great. You're connecting to your intention. You're connecting to your intuition. This is all part of it. And then a big beaming smile comes on their face because it's not like I've said, you have to do it this way. So connect with the card. Once you get your card, the card you get is always the right card. There are never any cosmic mistakes. So understand that. Like so that. if you're asking a yeah. question about, 
is this the right guy for me? And you get something which goes cloak and dagger and all those kind of things. And you're wanting to see hearts and smiles and sunshine. Maybe that spirit's giving you a heads up. Maybe he's a guy right now, but he's not Mr. Right or Miss Right. So let me imagery on that card. Absolutely. You know, I, I've, I've been in relationships and known of people that are in relationships and it wasn't the right timing for that particular person. And then years later, they reconnect with that person and they got rid of their baggage, you got rid of your baggage, the timing is just right. And sometimes that doesn't happen and we move on to the next person in our lives. So there's always, as I would say, there's always a, a reason, a season or a lifetime that somebody comes in to our lives. So accept that and embrace it. Don't fight it. So if that person comes in there for a short while, take away from that the nuggets, the golden nuggets that have been given to you during that time. And maybe it's, hey, I'm never going to do this again. <laughs> I'm never going <laughs> to go out with this person or, or, or I'm never going to put up with that again. And that's good. It's not a bad thing. So we've got our card. The card maybe shouts out at you. Maybe it jumps out. Maybe you've just pulled it. And then we start to look at the imagery. We look at what's on that card. What's it telling us? What's it feeding us? What emotions do you feel? Are you sensing anything? And then write it down. Write all those little nuances down. Even if at the time they feel they're, they're what is it? They say left field. Here, I think in, in North America, there's that left field, ex, ex, left field explanation, field, which yeah. means it's People way know. out there. It doesn't <laughs> resonate with anything. It's out of context. Even if that happens, write it down. Maybe that's or, uh, a guidance for you. Maybe it's a heads up. Maybe it's a warning. And I always say, last resort, go to the go to the book and read the definition. But I want to think. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. I didn't interrupt you. I'll wait till you finish because I have a follow-up question I want to ask you. But I want to make sure you finish your thought before I do that. So. Yeah. I always say to people, if you know, like we were saying about this is not the right guy, we'll get the cloaks and daggers, make a note of it. Maybe it's just a pre-warning of what could happen if. You know, because when we go into, especially relationships or a new job, everything's all happy, 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 and then we start to pull back the layers of the onion, if you like, and then we see what's underneath, and maybe it's not what we wanted to see. So maybe that card is just giving us a heads up. Hey, when you start peeling away, maybe these are things that you may need to pay attention to. So I always think whatever card shows up, it's the right card. And be in vibration of gratitude for that card. And if you've journaled it, written like. it down, and I always say, I always put a little date by mine, and I write in there what the question was I was asking, what the direction was. And then sometimes I go back and I look and I go, oh, yeah. <laughs> it didn't make sense at the time, but now it makes perfect sense to me. And maybe that's the way it's supposed to be. Using cards are ask, black yeah. and white. Yeah. <laughs> sure. I'm going to ask you this because I know people have asked me this about being intuitive myself and a psychic medium. If someone was asking that you're working with or someone's interested in purchasing your, you know, the cards and you speak about spirit, I understand what 
spirit means. What if someone was to ask you from a different background, what spirit are you connecting to? And my religious faith tells me I shouldn't be open to these things. Is there any suggestion you have for someone that has that kind of a conflict with themselves? Well, I firstly bring it back to when somebody that we have loved has passed into spirit. And when I think of my dad, who's now in spirit, and I still communicate with him all the time, would I not want to do that? What would be frightening would... about that? If I had a loving, caring relationship with a person and they came back to be in my thoughts, to be in my memories, that gives me comfort. And that, for me, would not be something that's wrong, that wouldn't be something that's bad to do. I'm not evoking that. I'm just bringing forward a memory of that person or a thought or maybe something in passing and I think, oh, that's something my dad would say or that would be something my dad would do. So it brings forth that beautiful memory that comes back to my mind. And so when people say that uh, connecting with spirit is wrong, I have to accept that that's how they feel but that's how I would share it back to them. If there was somebody you love that passed into spirit and thinking about them is wrong, that you're evoking them back, then why would you feel that way? Because it certainly isn't. It isn't wrong. And I, you know, I always say sometimes that, you know, maybe my dad's now my guardian angel, keeping me out of trouble, moving in the direction I should be. Or maybe any of my other ancestors. So that's how I like to equate it. And yes, we do have spirit guides and helpers that work with us. And when we go on, when we step onto that exploratory journey, when we're opening up intuitively, we get to meet that person and make that friendship, make that connection, just as we would in real life. You know, there's never been a point where we've met somebody in real life and we have that bang on uh, relationship there and then. It may feel really good. We feel we resonate with them. They're the kind of person we want to hang out with. But it's still like learning to drive that car, getting to know the nuances. What do they like to eat? What you know, kind of music do they like? So that's exactly like any relationship we, we uh, enter into. And, you know, I've, my spirit guides and helpers have been there in my good times. And in my not-so-good times, in my frustrations, although I sometimes see them standing there with their arms crossed, like rolling their eyes, like a 15-year-old girl, <laughs> like, oh, come on, you've got to be kidding me. But, you know, I always go back to spirit and say, yeah, but I'm human. <laughs> this can sometimes be a difficult road I travel. So, yeah, I have to let it out. And they, they still love us. And they love us unconditionally. Because they want yeah. us to succeed. And... That's something I like to say to everybody. We're not here to suffer. We're here to embrace those opportunities, whether we call them opportunities or challenges, but to get over them. And many of my experiences in life have brought me thus far, has made me who I am, has molded me, has created me. And that's part of everything that we want to do. I think our audience will really appreciate the fact that you are on your path that you've been on and that you're sharing your gifts and talents 
in such an amazing way by offering these tools. One of the things I didn't get a chance to highlight yet with you, I wanted to get into your background. What caused you to be on the journey you're on right now? And I wanted to see if you could share that with our audience because I think that's sure, such an important part of the piece here, telling your story yeah. and what's motivating you to do what you're doing right now on your path. Thank you. Well, as you mentioned at the beginning, my, um, my parents divorced and I, well, they separated when I was four and my twin brothers who were um, three years younger than I, so at that time they were still little babies and we uh, went with my mother and lived with my grandparents for a while and my grandparents were the kind of people back in the early 1960s where children were seen and not heard. So there was, uh, you know, we would go to bed really early and there were no lights on or anything like that. We didn't have night lights. We certainly didn't have TV or internet or anything like that. So I'm up in bed and it would be the, it's the same bed that I shared with my mom. We slept together. And so uh, this particular, one particular night, I was laying there and the whole room lit up and all of a sudden the ceiling was peeling back, which is not something you expect and in, in England. Uh, the bedrooms upstairs in the house. And so all, all these little ethereal beings were coming in, sitting on the end of my grandmother's bed. And sadly, at that time, I was a little scared because I didn't understand what this was. It wasn't something that I knew and uh, was uh, familiar with. So, of course, I screamed. And my mum came up and said, you're having a bad nightmare. Just go back to sleep and left the door open a little bit so there was a bit of light. And so they tried this a few times, and I think the spirit was going, okay, we're freaking this kid out. We're going to have to go about this in a different way. So that's when I think I started to have what would be deemed as the imaginary friend. So I didn't see the being, but I just felt this uh, presence around me. And I would have these conversations and tea parties, I suppose, and then... Uh, give messages to people and then they would get very upset with me because I'm a child. I'm not supposed to know these things, like be quiet and that kind of thing. So in my, it was more in my teenage years, as I say, I was, um, I had come across a tarot deck. I can't even remember because people say to me, how did you get your first tarot deck? And I cannot remember whether I found it at a, a jumble sale or a yard sale or something like that. I don't know. But anyway, I, I had one and I would play with it. And I used to sort of do readings for people as you do with kids, teenagers. But my epiphany, I suppose it was, because we went to church. Every Sunday we went to church. And uh, so I was brought up in the uh, Christian religion background. And uh, I'm on a bus coming home from, I think it was school. And all of a sudden, I was up on the uh, top level and I looked down and I saw Jesus standing there and of course he was so real to me and of course I just burst out in this loud voice, look, look, it's Jesus and of course <laughs> people back away as they do in these kind of situations hey, we've all done it, you know somebody blurts out something and we're going okay loop-de-loop, so anyway he must have got back to my mother in some way because the next thing I marched along to see a psychiatrist, well sadly in those days in the United Kingdom, especially, uh, if you said you were seeing and hearing things, you were deemed as psychotic or schizophrenic, and then you would have been locked away in a mental institution. So uh, Spirit obviously quickly got on the game there and said, tell him you made it all up. And I'm like, but I'm going to get into trouble here. I'm going to get into deep 
prom car here with my mom, who had put up <laughs> with some of my little things that were going on through my life and not particularly appreciating it. You know, I was deemed as a, a, a child that was just going out of my way to uh, cause havoc and mayhem all the time. So anyway, I, I thought, okay, I'm listening to them. They said, I've got to say that I made it all up. And then my mom got very upset with me. And I think at that point, I sort of closed down for a little while because I'm like, every time I do this, I'm getting into trouble. And I don't like getting into trouble. I want to be okay here. <laughs> so it was I think in my early 20s when uh, I went and took an actual course to learn how to read the tarot properly. And it was during that time, the experience, that I realized that I wasn't reading the tarot as per the book. I was intuitively connecting. And others in that uh, workshop were of similar um, mindset. So I'm going, okay, there are others out there. There are people that I can connect with that are not going to deem me a, a weirdo or what the heck are you talking about? So that's when um, uh, I, I met uh, other people of like mind and we would get together once a week and do a meditation and of course this is the 1970s 1980s there was no internet there wasn't the um, beautiful way we can find out information at a tapping um, direction on on an on the internet here and googling it we had to read a book or go to the library. And in those days in England, there were not metaphysical books in the library. So we would come across them how we came across them, maybe in an old bookshop or something like that. We would find something to do with Edgar Casey, and we would read that book. Or we would, uh, somebody would say, well, this is, this is what psychometry is. Let's all try this. And it was during that time somebody had uh, found out about the Arthur Finley College of metaphysics as it was then called in Stanford Ethics, which I always call it, it was my Hogwarts. It was a place when I went there that I was with like-minded people. And in fact, they did have large, long benches in those days where you would sit at a, a tables and benches that you would sit at, and really long ones, very similar to what you see in um, the Harry Potter movies with these long benches. And that's how we would sit and have meals and so forth as sort of a gathering of people. So it was then that I connected with even more people. And of course, in those days, we didn't have email, so we would write each other letters and stuff like that. But it was that moment that I'm realizing, okay, I'm not alone here. There are now, this is growing, it's building. You know, we started off this in a development group. Now we've gone and we've met all these other people. So it was that part of it and like anybody that does readings and intuitive work and healing and stuff like that I was working in corporate world had balanced the two together if you like you know I do my readings evenings weekends whenever I could fit them in and then I would work in corporate world as I say that was my day job that paid my bills and then in it was 2012 2013 that basically spirit kept on saying to me you've really got to transition over to doing this full time and of course like everybody that I have a good paycheck coming in but I really don't want to be doing the job but I have a paycheck it pays my bills so spirit just did that rolling of the eyes kind of thing and then uh, I was in at work and 
out of the blue, a box. I was in uh, a, the very small uh, stock room that I had. I was trying to sort out some uh, brochures for my boss, for a big trade show that was coming up. And all of a sudden, the box flew literally off the top of the, um, the sack shelf and came down and crushed the back of my neck. Oof. And so I was off, oh, yeah, when spirit wants to get your attention and you don't take, make note of it, they do find other ways to get your attention. So I always say when people, are, when spirit are giving you that, you need to do this, try as much as you can, either to negotiate with them or get, get moving on that, because they obviously wanted me to do this. So I'm off work, I'm doing physio, and uh, I'm getting to the point where I'm, just about ready to go back to work again. And I'm driving to physio, one of my last physios, and I get rear-ended. So I'm not a very good listener. (laughs) I was definitely not a very good listener. But at that point, that was like, okay, right. You've got my full attention now. What do you want me to do? And that's when I got the uh, information that I was going to create this oracle there. And of course, then I went into what I call arbitration with them going, but I don't know how to create an Oracle deck. You've got the wrong person here. There are lots of people that are creating Oracle decks. Go see them. And again, I get the arms folded and the rolling eyes, and then they just wait. And then, okay, so tell me how I'm going to do this. So that's when I started getting the information for the card, writing it down. First of all, it came the titles, came for the... Um, and- the cards, and as I said, uh, mine's a fairly large deck with 52 cards in it. So I was getting a little bit concerned that uh, people to uh, have my deck would have needed a cart, carry their deck around with them because they wouldn't be able to carry it in their pocket, kind of thing. So uh, they they stopped at 52 cards, and they're like, "Now you're going to create this deck," and I'm like, "But I don't know how to do this." And so the right People come into your life at the right time. And yes, you have to do the research. You can't just sit back and say, make it happen. So during that time, I came across a a really great printer that was local to me. And he said, well, I've never done anything like this, but it looks really exciting. Let's see how we can do this. So we started looking at cardstock and things like that and what was the finish. So I took him some of the different decks that I had to show him. And that's how the deck was formed. But then, of course, it's like, okay, now, I think it's a great idea. Spirit is telling me it's it's the deck that needs to be created. But what if it isn't? There's doubt. It comes there. It's human. And that's when I, um, because I said to my husband, well, what if we invest money in this and it doesn't work? We're going to have a garage full of these decks which is going to be giving away the Christmas presents for the next lifetime. So he said, sure. let's go on tour. Let's go on tour across Canada. And at the time, right. I was living in uh, just outside Vancouver in British Columbia. And we basically said to the printer, so how many decks can we get in the trunk of our car? <laughs> and he worked it out, and then we filled up the, uh, with decks. And I thought, now I could have sell them, but I don't know how to do that. And again... Somebody came into my life and said, hey, I'm going to take you to these stores and you're going to learn your pitch. You're going to learn how to sell these decks. And 
all that. So I had, this was a huge learning curve in a really short space of time. Would I recommend it to anybody? No, I definitely wouldn't because there's so much commitment there. And I'm not just talking about the financial commitment. There's a commitment to selling it, to marketing it, to getting out there and hoofing it, basically. But everywhere I went, everybody was loving the deck. And of course, I'm an unknown. Yeah. I want to ask you something. Uh, regarding yeah. the number of cards that you use for these decks, how did you arrive at your numbers? 52 cards, for example. The 52 cards, that was a very good point. See, this was, again, when I was uh, connecting with Spirit, I'm going, okay, so this deck is growing, it's growing, it's growing, it's growing. So why? Why 52 cards? And this is what I got, uh, this sort of, just do it. This is what we're going to do. And the... Uh, Sorry, I was just looking up because I wanted to get exactly what I had written down here in in the uh, the deck when I was doing it because I wanted Spirit to explain the the resonance behind fifty two and uh, what I got told was the meaning to these cards, the interpretations is now in order to assist the amazing shifts around us. So. 52, our world has 52 week cycles. We all know that. My calendar moves through a complete cycle of 52 years. In numerology, the word infinity adds up to 52. So all of these resonances with 52. So my own conclusion that every time 52 is associated with something, it's very powerful. And it's about ascension. And of course, this is why when they were talking about the um, five vibrational steps of the soul, vibrational soul spread, this was all part of it. So yeah, I I was, I'm a very much, you know, you might tell me this is so, but I want to know the reason behind it. (laughs) As I'm saying, it's down there a lot of times with their arms folded, rolling their eyes back. Like, oh my God, here we go. She's a difficult one. But it's a good question. We can't just accept, although many times I get this, just shut up and do it. Not literally like that, spirit of very loving and kind, but that's, that's what they wanted to do. And yeah, the 52 was very much, and of course it adds up to seven. And seven is a very spiritual number. There were so many reasons behind it that it was, you know, I picked just a few out of there that if I asked that question of, of spirit and I kept on being guided to, this is what 52 means, this is what 52 means. So hopefully that's under your um, audience get that concept now. So again, be guided. I believe it. If that's what spirit are wanting to do, then that's what it's, it's, they're going to do for you. I'd like to uh, get into a little about your psychic background, your, your spiritual background. And I know that you look at things from vibrational energy. I actually look at them the same way. When people ask me, how do I read people? I tell them I read their energy. And I want yes. to ask you about your own personal experience with understanding this stuff as vibrational energy and how you first yeah. arrived at that understanding. Well, the thing about, I always say that vibrational energy is just a fancy way of saying this is what we're putting out and receiving. Okay, so if we think of, okay. we're talking here on a radio station. We cannot see each other, but somebody tunes into this station. 
whether it's because they've been sent a link or whether they just came across it or it was resonating with them. And that's each of the levels of vibrational frequency combined together to create an overall vibration of being. So it's a mixture of our feelings, our thoughts, our emotions. And of course, on every level, we're transmitting that out. And other people are transmitting out. And sometimes we connect. You know, I always say to people, we should go into a room. We, we have no idea. We don't know if it's going to be a happy environment or a sad environment or an angry environment. But we pick up what I call our little spidey senses. Pick up something. Well, that's our energy going out and connecting with all the energy of the people in that room. Very similar to when we meet somebody for the first time. And it's just like, all of a sudden, it's like, oh my God, I'm so glad I met this person. We just feel it all the other way. of, Ooh, this is icky. I want to get out of here. (laughs) Which is the same thing. But vibration, it's all the, we're all vibrating at different frequencies, like all the different radio stations that are out there. We tune into what we want to when we're ready. And even subjects like chairs and tables and doors and things, they're all emitting an energy. That's why people um, get this, sometimes this urge to go and place their hands in water or hug a tree or lay on the grass because that's an energy that's being outwardly sent up to us to connect with. It's like a magnetic field, like our aura. It's around us, an invisible onion layer, as I say. We can't touch it, but we know it's there. And as we transmit out, we either bring people towards us or we propel them away. And again, there's not a wrong or right um, to some, you know, some people say, well, you know, how can I... um, vibrate or how can I get my energy to be transmitting out these um, signals I'm looking for a partner in my life well they do (laughs) because when we're physically attracted to another person it's there we can't it's nothing that's necessarily tangible but it just happens to be there We, we feel it and it's not it anything to do sense. with all the pickup line or anything like that that they're saying to us. We just, it's a resonance. So I think in, in Chinese culture, it's called the qi. That there's this living life force of energy that flows around and through everything. Whether it's the breath of life or like the essence of vital energy, there's so many different names that's attached to it. Just like people when they're doing healing or Reiki, or something like that. They just place their hands over somebody. And I've, I've seen people that have never done any healing in their life. They've done a, a short meditation or breathing or whatever, and then you put them in front of a person and their hands, and I just, I always say to people, just let your hands go wherever you feel guided. And they're usually guided to the right part of the body to that energy field that's transmitting out. And it's 
to do with our thoughts as well. Everything in our thoughts, like how people say to me, but how can I make my vibration um, sort of vibrate at a higher level? Be conscious of what you think. Be conscious of what that you yeah. You can yeah. also vibrate at a higher level by discussing spiritual things or meditating or grounding Absolutely. yourself. Anyone with the things yeah. we talked about earlier. Those things we talked about yeah. earlier, like connecting with nature, meditation, mindfulness, all those yeah. kind of things. Yeah. You know? Even with the foods we eat. I, I have a big thing when I go and buy food. I always like to smell the fruit. Feel the fruit. Feel that vibrational connection. Just like we would smell flowers. And that's how a lot of people do it. You can tell by the smell. Or you can just tell by the, uh, the feel of it. So pay attention to those things. You know, and there are so many ways. You know, meditating, breathing, getting out in nature. There's no one size fits all. Everybody will connect with what they feel. And acts of kindness, being grateful. Even movement. Gratitude, yes. You know, Get out there and dance. You know, one of the things I dislike doing is housework. Hands up to anybody <laughs> that actually loves doing housework. I always think it's an <laughs> endless, wasteful task that I have to do. So for me, it's like, okay, I've got to do this. The level of dust on my home now is getting to the point where it's embarrassing. So then what I'll do is I'll crank up the music. I need something that's going to give me the energy. Connect my vibration to like get out there and do it. So I rock myself around the house, doing my dusting, doing my vacuuming, uh, looking pretty crazy, but that's okay. Nobody else can see me. That's fun. I'm doing it because <laughs> that's what brings it up in me. And sometimes we have to do that if we want to do a task that we don't particularly want to do. You know, we just need to find the way to get what I call the lifeblood, the energy that the frequency connected. And it's, there's so many different ways to do it. So hopefully that's... I 100% yeah. <laughs> oh, well, so It's a great, it's a great way of but they... Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> we are running low on time. So I want to make okay. sure I can, I can discuss your website again so that we can discuss that. Yeah. Please share your website again with our audience so in case they want to contact you directly, they can. And any other information regarding contacting you, uh, I'd love to do that right okay. now so that we can get your information well, I out there. Go to my website. Everything's there. Like vibrational-energy.com. You go to the landing page. It says start here. And you can scroll down. You can listen to podcasts like this one. You can go and get my weekly readings. You can connect to that. You can connect with me on Facebook and social media. You can download the mobile app for free. Like on that landing page on my um, website, everything's there for you and you just connect him with what you want. I have a spiritual development group, which is free. You just connect with it. It's vibrational energy uh, development group, Debbie Anderson. And every day I post something on there in a positive way that we can connect to, whether it's a card from my deck or whether it's a little short meditation video. And my meditation videos are only one minute long. And I always say, if you cannot commit to one minute in your day, then you really have to look at life. <laughs> so there's different <laughs> things on there. And, you know, whether you never connect with me or you do connect with me, I'm there. And 
if you want to ask a question, like I have to contact us on, on my um, website. I always respond to anybody, unless it's a crank, and usually I don't respond. <laughs> but I don't blame you for that. <laughs> well, you know, my email address is hidden from public eye, which is okay, but you can contact me and you know, I'm, I'm very blessed. I think I've only, in all the years I've been doing this, I've only had a couple of weird, I, I shouldn't use the word crank, because it's just an opinion. It's just their vibration. But I decide not to Non-traditional points it. of view. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. And we're all entitled to our opinion. And exactly. uh, that's, that's okay. But for somebody to take the effort to email me and tell me, what I'm doing is evil and that kind of thing. That's fine. <laughs> and I can do it. You know what? That's okay. So. If they spend their time doing that and that's their beliefs, that's their thing. But we can have our thing and we can enjoy what we do and help people and enjoy every moment of it. And it's nothing against anybody. Absolutely. It's just what we do. <laughs> I always say be in joy, be in gratitude. And just sometimes you just have to blow off, as I say, the negative Nellies and the negative Normans and just let them be in their own little vibration. And that's okay. That's when you they choose them to healing be vibrational that. energy, right? <laughs> Absolutely, and that's what I do. I always disconnect with love because there's no other way to do it. Like that's a, it. You know, <laughs> everybody has their way. You know, people come up to me when I'm out and they know what I do and they say, oh, okay, um, so are you seeing stuff for me? And I go, if I am, then unless you're open for me to share it with you, there would be no point to that connection. But if you're here to assume that I see everything on a 24-7 basis, no, I don't. If I'm playing golf, I'm playing golf. If I'm out with friends having supper <laughs> and a glass of wine, that's what I'm doing. And it's no different to a lawyer or a doctor or a dentist or a, uh, somebody that picks up your garbage. They don't necessarily want to talk shop at that particular moment. So... <laughs> It's good. It's all very good. And I feel very blessed for my life and the people that tend to be drawn towards me and I connect with. So I'm hopefully putting out that right, right vibration to attract to me what I want. Absolutely. I, I really appreciate you taking this. I, I just want to tell you, for our audience and everyone who's listening to this, I really appreciate you taking your time to appear on our show and share your information with us because I think having a better understanding of Oracle cards and how they can work in one's life to grow their intuition or get guidance or just deal with a difficult situation. They may want to look at something and get some, you know, a different point of view. I think your cards are going to be invaluable for people. And I, I just really, and especially the stuff with children, you have a children's deck and adult deck. Yeah. I like, I yeah. like the message. I really do. Yeah. And, thank um, you. And there's a couple of affirmation decks, which I always call them. They're the instant gratification decks. You pull a card and that's your focus for the day. Uh, I just I just want to thank you for being on here and <laughs> I want you to keep in touch with us. Let us know any new projects you're working on. I encourage our audience to, to, yeah. to check this out and look at your site. Um, yeah, thank you. Thank and you thank for taking you, the Jason, time today. for inviting me on and for doing Absolutely. what you do, sharing this with us. Thank you. It, it's all our purpose, right? We all have our unique talents and purposes and this is what I love to do. So, it is what it is. <laughs> I love it. So, it is. And for, we're all exactly where we should be at that particular moment. So You got it right. <laughs> <laughs> Great. So 
I, I just want to thank you because we are running low on time, but definitely keep us apprised of your, of your projects going forward. And if there's anything else that you, you know, you, you want to let us know about, please keep us posted. I tell every guest that comes on, I definitely will. keep us in the loop. I know our audience would Thanks definitely appreciate Jason. it. Okay. Thank, thank you. you. Bye-bye. I just want to thank Debbie Anderson for coming on the show. Having the courage to live your own path in light of any kind of challenges that are posed to you in your lifetime and, and by society and challenging paradigms that certain people might look at with um, disdain or not understanding things as well, having the ability to convey and, and, and be courageous in that, like she is with these cards and her life path, I think is just very invigorating for me personally to see that. Like any guest that comes on the show to share their message and their particular path itself and what they're doing. I think it's great to have these different individuals on. And Debbie's one of those people, I think, just has a special um, ability to convey her talents and messages to, to the masses. And her cards are one very important way of doing that. Vibrationalenergy.com. It's vibrational-energy.com. That's her website. Debbie Anderson is a spirited British clairvoyant and spirit communicator who has utilized her talents to create these vibrational energy cards. And I recommend that if you are very curious in this topic area, look into it. For anyone who's asked me via email after my show in the past, what can I do to become more intuitive? Here's one tool you can utilize to test your intuition, look at it, connect with your higher self and the universe and your spirit guides. And regardless of your religious background, I always say to anyone, I respect 100% anyone's religious point of views or anyone's spiritual perspective. I just personally keep an open mind. And I encourage anyone listening to the show, keep an open mind and challenge your paradigms because you will be happy you did. We have more episodes coming up for 2020 and I'm excited. We're going to be going into season three um, in March. Anyone who has questions about our show or if you have any, any type of suggestions for topics or if you're interested in wanting us to look at your information and possibly appear on the show, you can email us directly at info at the letter D, socialpsychicradio.com. Feel free to contact us. I also have our website, www.theletterd, socialpsychicradio.com. And uh, feel free to hit us up on social media. Uh, we're also going to be going forward with the YouTube channel very shortly. So I'm very excited about all the opportunities presented this year. And it's just such a privilege to be able to welcome guests like Debbie Anderson on. Thank you so much for supporting our show and for continuing to listen and tune in. Until next time, I look forward to our next episode. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Social Psychic Radio Show. Don't forget to join us for another episode next time. If you enjoyed the show, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give us a review on iTunes. You can also check us out on Facebook and don't forget to visit the Social Psychic YouTube channel. Until next time, it's a big world out there. Keep an open mind, embrace your paradigms, and know that the universe is always yours to explore. Today is working for me. Do you believe that for yourself? Hey, I'm Pastor Julie, and I want to empower you through encouragement, inviting you to my podcast, Big Truth Encouragement, where I unpack living a faith-filled life. 
I created my podcast for the ladies, but gentlemen, you'll gain something too. So I invite you to listen to Big Truth Encouragement on ElectroCast and any platform where you listen to your podcast. ElectroCast. Introducing the Deep Leadership Podcast. Leadership is a people business. That's the philosophy of your podcast host, John Rennie. As a former submarine officer who spent 22 years leading businesses in corporate America before starting his own manufacturing business, he knows that leadership matters. Deep leadership is real-world, actionable leadership advice from John and his expert guests. Become a leader worth following. Subscribe today. Electric acid.